Welcome to another Keel Hall podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week is very special. I'm going to be covering at least three things for sure that I want to make sure that I talk about. There's a bunch of stuff that's coming down the line with this third year anniversary as we are closing out the first season of Sea of Thieves and moving into the second season. Uh, we're going to be having the community episode next week, but I wanted to make sure that I got you guys a little bit of information. So we are going to be covering the Sea of Thieves Origins comic, Glitter Beard, as well as stuff that I got into for the anniversary and my experiences with the Gold and Glory weekend. All that more on this week's episode of Keel Hauled Podcast. Before I start the episode, it wouldn't be right if I didn't call out the people that support me. Thank you to everyone that supports. It means the world to me. You help out so much and I can't even tell you, but there's something special coming up that I'm working with uh, with one of the, the actual patrons to see about doing for the community as soon as I get that set up. But before we get on, I have to thank all the people that are supporting me. So Chateau Neuf, Cosmic Johnson, El Jefe Esteban, Lumbi SRQ, Matt Walters, Evil Morpheus, Michael O'Rourke, Regis Stella, Rust Belt, Kid, TM Professor, Todd Meister, Big Bad Pad, Mina Fairy, CJ Superpack, Davram TV, Frank F, Kazia, The Rogue, Windsor Chris, and Zam. Wow. Thank you all so much for your support. It means the world to me. It helps out with the podcast a ton and is helping me with a bunch of other stuff that I'm looking forward to doing in the future. If you'd like to join, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash keelhauled podcast and show your support or Maybe you just want the ad-free version. You can get in at that level as well, too. The highest level gets you into the community channel, which we're going to be doing an episode at the end of the month, which I believe is next week. And we're scheduling that out to make sure as many people can get in as possible. It's typically on the last Sunday of the month. So that's in at the gold hoarder level. And that's going to do it. Let's get into the show. First up on today's docket, I want to dive into the actual Sea of Thieves Origins comic, The Champion of Souls. This is the third comic in the series that has been made available through Comicsology.com. These have all been free. I believe the first two, uh, you needed codes, which I believe the codes are around if you need help with that. And you can pick up those. But it was interesting because the first one, The Bonds of Union and then The Vision of or Vision of Order, uh, both of those centered around trade companies, the Order of Souls and the Merchants Alliance. Um, the interesting thing about the origin books is that they all kind of showed us a little bit about what was going on with um oh and sorry i forgot about the price of gold too the price of gold was the original one so we had the three trade companies uh that kind of gave us an idea of what was going on now these are published by titan i really love the the ink work and the the lines that they do and the story is really great too but this is the fourth book that we've had in a while we haven't really uh seen these um come back with any kind of character that we really understood. So this being our first venture into him, it's nice to see that they're grabbing another character from Sea of Thieves lore, Sir Arthur Pendragon. Now, Pendragon has been... Uh, an interesting and uh, important character as of late this last year really kind of solidified his uh, design in the game. 
and took him beyond just being an Easter egg uh, in the game in the Black Witch ship. Uh, the Black Witch being that wreck that's actually on Shipwreck Bay. Uh, if you head out to the wilds, you'll see that just north of the spire, just south of Daggertooth. I don't have to really explain that to most of you, though. So this was a really good book. After reading the original Origins books, which is funny because in the comicsology they don't actually list this as an Origins book, even though the, the title matches. Uh, so it's kind of hard to understand why it isn't the quote unquote fourth book, but technically it is. But getting into this, it tells you about Arthur Pendragon, and it does a really interesting job. As I was reading through it, I was was really kind of surprised at how I felt that Pendragon was looking to kind of earn his name. He was born into royalty. He is a sire. His father is a sire. He is the senior Pendragon. And he wanted to kind of find his own way. He wanted to live up to that name and he wanted to be known for, for his deeds around the world. So he went out sodding or seeking uh, you know, adventure. He he was trained in the arts of adventure in the ways of a British gentleman and learned how to uh, be a good fencer as well as trained uh, or studied in the ways of like magic and the occult and earned a reputation amongst himself for things like the supernatural. So a lot of people started to flock to him and he had a pretty good ring of friends. And no matter what he could, uh, no matter what he did, he never seemed to kind of really sate that desire. It eventually led him to coming across an event that ended up making him infamous. And thanks to uh, a nefarious wizard, he would soon learn that there are times and things that are way beyond his understanding. As a result, uh, he, he ended up finding his way and starting to work for the British Museum in Artifact Retrieval, which again, very Indiana Jones to me. I actually really love that. I actually kind of wish that we got a little bit more of his story about this, but we only get like a little bit of a taste, which was really kind of disappointing. It talks about him going to Egypt and fighting off skeletons that look like mummies and eventually commissioning himself uh, with a gentleman who is with the actual government. Now, the, the government and the museum, the Navy, actually work together to commission a ship and a crew for Pendragon. And as a result of this, he was sent out to go and try and find uh, different supernatural things in the world and then bring them back for the museum and also make sure that they weren't a threat. Well, when you sign up with the Navy, you kind of sell yourself into a situation that you might not be comfortable with. And unfortunately, either this supernatural danger uh, or, or these these things that people were worried about ended up just being animals uh, that that really just nobody understood. And he ended up having to slay a lot of these these natural creatures, you know, like extremely large uh, alligators and stuff. And these villages uh, that he was actually being sent out to explore for witchcraft and stuff, uh, they were actually just different types of people that weren't being understood by the people that had originally come in contact with them. So once the empire had kind of, you know, moved through this war and, and kind of taken as much as they could, he kind of got sick of it all. And he ended up really feeling bad about the, the things that he was asked to do. So when he was approached once more to resolve a matter that only he could really resolve, uh, he told Hockaday, who is the, the contact that he had, um, that he wasn't really into it. He really didn't want to shed any more blood. And this was kind of the turning point for Pendragon because he realized that his his commission, his his prey was actually dead already. So that's when we actually learn about uh, Richard Cavendish. 
who, if you've been playing Sea of Thieves for a while and you've done Heart of Fire, you may learn or recognize that name. So Cavendish was an honorable man who had lost his family and estate in the wars on continent and ended up uh, having nothing but his ship and his crew. So and he hated, you know, he hated the empire, the British Empire, and he also hated the enemies that he was fighting for. But he he hated them. Uh, uh, he hated the empire just a little bit more. So he ended up becoming a privateer in the service of his enemies. Without any kind of warning, he ended up having to disappear or he didn't have to disappear. He ended up disappearing. And the last thing that anyone really understands or knows about is that they last saw his ship, the Black Witch, off the coast of Dragon Skull Island. And that was kind of interesting to me because this seems like it's actually pretty close to the Sea of Thieves. If that's the case, I'm really hoping that there's a chance that we'll get to go visit Dragon Skull Island somehow. I don't understand how or where, but it's in the lore now that we have a Dragon Skull Island. And I absolutely love that. So being presented with the idea of seeking out a supernatural ghost ship with a skeleton ghost crew, uh, Pendragon was excited and decided to sail out there. And it wasn't before long before he came off the coast sailing in the area where they had last seen the Black Witch that they did come and come across the actual Black Witch. And it started laying into his ship pretty heavily. Uh, he instructed his crew to get close enough for him to be able to board and then get out of uh, cannon range. And upon getting on the ship, he realized that the crew was in fact dead. They were ghosts, but there were skeletons as well, cursed ones that were attacking him. He managed to fight his way to the cabin and find the soul of Richard Cavendish, where he freed the captain. And in return, the captain told him that he could name his price. Pendragon said he didn't want anything from there. He just wanted to understand where the ship had come from and what had happened and to cause them to be ghosts. And he says, oh, well, you know, there's there's a lot more than just us ghosts in this world, boy. And he gives him directions to the Sea of Thieves and bequeaths his ship, the Black Witch, to Pendragon. It was at this point that Pendragon had a choice. He could either go to the Sea of Thieves like he wanted to or remain with his crew and his ship. So he gave his crew the option. You guys can decide how many of you want to come with me to the Sea of Thieves on the Black Witch. The rest of you can take the ship that we have now and head back home to England. Some of the crew decided to stay. Some of the crew decided to go. They transferred any of the extra stock back onto the Black Witch and the Black Witch sailed to the Sea of Thieves under the helm of Sir Arthur Pendragon. It was at this point that Cavendish had told him that he had a daughter who should turn into a pretty good pirate if given the chance. Pendragon sails into the Sea of Thieves, finds himself a Kraken, and ends up helping a ship that has come under attack of the Kraken, and finds himself uh, a fair few allies as a result. It's at this point that he finds his way to a tavern and meets with other sailors, and starts greeting them and introducing himself as Sir Arthur Pendragon. Well... (laughs) That didn't go over too well with most of the actual sailors in the tavern. They all kind of pointed out, hey, uh, we're all equal here and your fancy title doesn't mean anything. And you know what? He was kind of okay with that. He was kind of okay with just being another part of the crew. All crew members are equal in Sea of Thieves. And that was something that was always kind of established with the game and the code. That was at that point that uh, Pendragon had been going around having different adventures when they came across an outpost that had been attacked. 
and the outpost had actually been ravaged by skeletons, but not just your regular skeletons, ashen skeletons. They tore down the tavern. They they destroyed everything. And Ped Dragon was furious. He wanted to understand what had happened, what was going on. And he met with the tavern keep who explained all of what was going on and how she survived because the tavern had collapsed, crushing one of the skeletons that had grabbed her arm. These ashen skeletons came on their burning ships. And it was at this point that Ped Dragon called to the other pirates, rallied them together around the cause and said, hey, you know what? We need a leader to stop this force. So Pendragon and the Black Witch, with a lot of other ships, sailed together to hunt down the Ashen Lords. And it was at this point that they came to them uh, as a result of a missive from the Order of Souls. Now, they had been trying to find these ashen uh, skeletons for a while, but one of the Order of Souls uh, leaders had told them where to go to get to the ashen skeletons but they showed up there and they weren't there until they ended up coming uh shortly afterwards so the ashen skeletons actually appeared out of nowhere shortly after the fleets had uh, arrived at this outpost and they did battle and ended up vanquishing the actual ashen lord and the ashen skeletons that were there uh and it was at that point that the order of souls uh madam realized that they kind of have their next champion of souls and this kind of solidified sir arthur pendragon as the person who was going to kind of go around saving souls releasing them and at that point we still don't really know how He got from the point that he was till we meet him in the Seabound Soul. I really enjoyed the comic. Um, I I told as much to uh, Mike Chapman next last time I got to chat with him. And I really love these stories because it filled in the bits of story and lore that I wanted to know between Heart of Fire and the Ashen Lords event. Uh, We found out like the Ashen Lords were a, a presence in Sea of Thieves before we arrived that it was something that was going around and tearing down villages uh, and outposts. It explains a lot about why outposts seem so new and so uh, short in in comparison to like long established cities because between the shroud moving and between skeleton attacks, it seems like they are constantly having to pick up the pieces of their outposts and push them together. So I, I love that this kind of explains like, hey, the reason why the Ashen Lords were taken out is because of Sir Arthur Pendragon and Anne Cavendish, who ended up being part of his crew when he found her. I'm hoping that more stories like this come out in the future. I think it was a great way to help kind of flesh out some of that stuff that I was missing last year when we were getting these events. And I don't know what the timing on this was, but I'm looking forward to hopefully getting more of the these in the coming months uh, as we kind of expand the knowledge of what's going on in the Sea of Thieves and that lore behind it. Next up on today's docket, I wanted to talk about the third anniversary of Sea of Thieves. Uh, This weekend was exceptionally fun. I had an amazing time. I actually ended up waking up uh, because of the cats. Uh, Motion sensor was going crazy in the living room and woke me up and I checked my uh, phone and sure enough, people were hitting me up about things and liking this and messaging me about that. And 
I got a message from uh, Kazia the Rogue, who uh, or is Kylia, and ended up uh, checking in with her, and she wanted to go sailing at some point to work on some Athena. We had we talked about doing some Athena sailing uh, on Saturday. So when I got up, uh, we joined up and managed to rally together a bunch of the keelhauled community members, and as a result, we ended up getting three galleons worth of actual like people on the seas uh we threw up a bunch of athena emissaries and started going at it we pulled together and managed to get uh kylia up to level 20 crow up to level 19 and a fair few of other people a few levels worth of reputation as well as a couple people working on pirate legend it was absolutely amazing to spend that much time and we spent we spent a lot of time uh i think we started around 9 30 10 we didn't quit until about oh when did we quit about eight o'clock at night and it was actually because of us just needing to <laughs> move over to another game, Destiny 2, to work on a Destiny raid that we'd been uh, planning for a while. One of the really exceptional things that we learned from the Golden Glory weekend, uh, not only are you guys out there hopefully getting your last set of Gilded Phoenix items from your Twitch drops, but we also found out that Renown is actually double during the Golden Glory. So not only can you spend your doubloons to get uh, double the coin, if you wait till rush hour, the gold rush hour, you can actually earn an additional bonus on top of that, including the emissary bonus. So gold rush on top of Golden Glory weekend, you could earn quite a bit of gold. And we did. After all the time that we sailed, I think I earned about 1.5, close to 2 million gold just in the one big day's worth of session. Absolutely fantastic. And I'm happy to report that I finally managed to get up to renown. 100. The notifications were coming in pretty late. Uh, I found out about two levels before I actually had access to the cosmetics. And I'm really happy to say that with a few weeks left in the season, I've now hit level 100. I did it in a kind of natural way. Like obviously, you know, spending 10, 11 hours on the seas is really easy to get your renown up when it's golden glory weekend. So I, I would love to say that I naturally would have gotten this over the course of the next three weeks during the gilded vaults uh voyage or, or event the, the the uh no the gold hoarder vault vo uh event hold on i'm gonna find out what this is called all right sorry i took a quick break it is the vault raiders the gold hoarders treasure is under threat so they need pirates to set out on voyages and bring it back safely they've recruited the bilge rats to help too but only allowed a larina to offer voyages to a particular treasure vault meaning many pirates paths are destined to cross opening treasure vault handing in certain types of chests or completing other special actions during this event will earn the gold hoarders favor now it's very special favored terminology that they're using reaching favor totals awards you a themed weapon or new title different actions will be particularly helpful to the gold hoarders efforts each week they'll send word of the best ways to earn additional favor the event rewards for this are going to be the gold holder cutlass which you need 50 favors for you need the gold hoarder pistol you need to earn 100 favors for for the gold hoarders eye of reach that'll be 150 favors and if you want to earn the gold hoarders blunderbuss that's going to be 200 the title is 250 after that and those are all starting 
in three days. This is very similar to the uh, killing skeleton event that we had, uh, the champion of souls event that we had at the beginning of the season, where doing different types of tasks that relate to the gold hoarder, the trade company, those will each earn you different ways of favor. And it seems like they might be using the same system. So you can earn five favor by sailing 10 nautical miles while on a gold hoarder voyage, you can earn 10 favor by completing a gold hoarder voyage. You can earn 10 favor by collecting all of the gold piles in a treasure vault. You can earn 25 favor by selling a chest of ancient tributes to the gold hoarders. Now, I, I do want to point out that it says to the gold hoarders, not to the gold hoarders or the reapers bones. That's different. You can still earn commendation reward credit for the reaper's bones separately, but if you want 25 favor, then you'll have to give it to the gold hoarders. You can earn five favor by selling a captain's chest to the gold hoarders, which unbeknownst to me, I now think I probably should have held on to that gilded gold hoarder voyage that I used this weekend. But hey, you know what? That's okay. It was it was a lot of chests that we probably could have earned, but it's only five and we ended up selling them to the Reaper's Bones anyway. So I guess it doesn't matter if you want to earn 10 favor, then you can go by stronghold chest uh, and give those to the gold hoarder and you earn 10 favor by opening a treasure vault. So it looks like the easiest way to earn favor is to do the gold hoarder treasure vaults. You earn 20 favor just by collecting all the gold piles and opening the treasure vault and then earn another 25 for turning in the ancient tributes which that'll give you what 45 so if you sail uh 10 nautical miles or at least one captain's chest that'll be an even 50 that's one one weapon right there uh, so that's really it. It seems like what they're going to be doing is opening this up. It doesn't look like any of these have a specific week. It looks like it just, um, oh no, you know, they'll probably do it the same way they did it where each week will open up. So you do 50 and then you do another 50 and then you do another 50 and then you do another 50 because this looks like this is going to be starting from March 25th to April 15th. And I guess we'll find out after the 15th if we're going to be getting into season two though i will i'll, I'll probably say right now that we'll, it'll probably start uh on the week after because of when the first season kicked off at the end of january so we'll have to see how they plan that out but that's kind of giving you a little more information about what to expect with the vault raiders event that's coming up again on the 25th um with this renown i've, I've been very happy with the pacing there's probably going to be changes coming in the future uh, that when we know more about when we get closer to season two, I'm sure we'll find out if they plan on keeping things the same, if they plan on resetting trials, if they plan on uh, doing anything different for the plunder pass. We'll, we'll probably understand a little bit closer as we get towards the actual season uh, reset, whether or not things are going to be the same or, or different. And I'll, I look forward to finding out about that. I really had a good time with uh, this weekend. It was great to spend that much time with the community and i think it was really nice to have that moment to share together when we don't always get to spend that much time with each other and i really appreciate them for that
Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you're having a good time. There's not a whole lot of good deals going on over at Green Man Gaming. So what I would like to let you guys know about is audiobooks.com. With the link in the show notes, you can actually head over to audiobooks.com, just like Audible. But this time you get three free books for free. Just sign up with them and give them some information and they'll get you your first three books, including two of their VIP books using the link in the show notes. It's real easy to sit down and get to check out some of the games or uh, games like books like uh, Witcher 3 uh, has the Witcher series. There's lots of books of those to consume. There's also World of Warcraft books if you're interested in that or Diablo uh, with Diablo 4 coming up. It's good to brush up on some of that history. If you're like me, you probably just love listening to the old Harry Potter books and reconcile how you feel about JK however you wish. But I love going back and listening to those just because of how much I love the characters and the story that's presented in those. There's tons of great books over at audiobooks.com you can jump into. And using the link in the show notes, you can also make sure that you are getting those first three books for free. That's it, Pirates. Thanks. All right, the second to last item on today's docket I wanted to dive into is actually a culmination of the player portraits that were asked for during the last uh, few weeks. Rare had put out a call to the community over on Twitter. I don't know if it actually extended to Instagram or not. I'm not sure about that, but I do know that they ended up making the Reaper's Mark, the actual cover art for the game with all of the different portraits from the community. Now, I went in and there was there was a little bit of a discussion between other people who were searching for their pirate and it looked like some of them were having trouble finding it and I went in looking for my pirate and I I did the crazy thing cuz the uh, picture that they gave us on Twitter was actually just a standard resolution. It wasn't like a 4K version. So we asked for a 4K version. They ended up remaking it completely and had more portraits added to it. And then they ended up giving us the 4K version. And I'm not sure why, but when I downloaded the file from the actual website, it was uh, 4K, but it wasn't like a vector thing. It was just kind of like if you zoomed in, it was still pretty, pretty smudgy. Now, obviously, we're, we're looking at, you know, them taking thousands of different pictures and portraits from Twitter and just saving those and then putting them into this mosaic. Uh, I can't believe at some of the information that we got from that. There are some really good statistics about some of the different milestones they hit. The biggest one to me, though is 20 million players, 20 million players. If you guys remember back to 2019, that's when the game really kind of gave its first big achievement. Back in 2019, two years ago in January, they announced 10 million players for the game. And I was thinking, you know, 10 million players is pretty freaking amazing for this game that's uh, almost a year old. And we're finding out about just how popular it is. Fast forward two years and we've now doubled that. So it's really great to see that 20 million people have played this game. Not everyone's going to like it. Not everyone's going to stick to it. The concurrency is always going to fluctuate. But with the advent of the Steam version, with the advent of uh, all the content that they've put in, it's so beautiful to see them take this game and just continue to add and add and add to it. They've only ever put out content that's cosmetic for you to purchase. The content updates have all been free. It's 
so cool that they've that they've managed to hit those uh, achievements. And I want to thank Joni and Andy Preston, uh, as well as a slew of other devs who've been kind of reminiscing about their times uh, when they were actually making the game in back in its Unity days, uh, back when it was called Athena. And that was just kind of the code name that they had for it especially Joe, who posted a whole bunch of really awesome photos. And I actually found Jeff Rubenstein and uh, or Rubenstein, I'm sorry, Jeff, and uh, Larry Hub or Major Nelson in one of the photos during a play session where they were having a meeting and testing out what it felt like to play. And it was so crazy because I've been talking about wanting to get Larry on the podcast for a couple of weeks now, and I've hit him up on Twitter as well as on YouTube, uh, just trying to penetrate all of the noise that I'm sure he gets from all of the other different people messaging him and uh, leaving comments and stuff. So it was so crazy to actually see that that they were in this room with all of this this artwork up on the walls that was showing off like what sea of thieves could be with the concept artwork and see like what the the poster would look like with a whole bunch of stuff going on with the kraken and the ships and pirates at each other's throats and parrots flying around and have a big old logo in front of it that says athena and I was like, man, that is so crazy. And it was so nice to read that when they had all of their different names on the table, they saw Sea of Thieves and it just clicked and they just knew like, that's the name for this game. That's what it's going to be. And it fits so well. It's such a great tribute to all of the work that they've spent on building up this game, especially after the the meter, mediocre kind of uh, release that they had, according to media. I mean, the diehards of us, we knew what was going on. And to think out of 20 million players, there's only 607 or no, 600,790 pirate legends. 3% of the population, 3% of the population is pirate legend. There are so many people out there that have played this game that have not hit pirate legend and it's easier than ever to do so. You can do it in a weekend. It's amazing. So I really hope that people are out there and if you're having fun playing the game and you want more people to play with, uh, join up on the Keelhaul Discord. We've been having a ton of people join recently. It's been great seeing new folks pop in and say hi. Uh, I'm hoping that everyone's getting a chance to sail. Uh, like I mentioned, we have the the different um, uh, like groups going up and building uh, ship alliances naturally and just kind of like helping each other get there because leading into this next story um this event sorry i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get through this i am gonna push through this um actually let me take a quick break and get my thoughts together okay sorry i i did want to say because i i just realized as i was looking at the mosaic i totally forgot to mention that i found my my character uh or my portrait in there four times it's just such a great moment this was such a great awesome weekend to spend time with folks and just oh god you know i i I really have to hand it to the team because Rare knows how to make a game that is good for the community, especially considering some of the other games that I play on a regular basis. Uh, this one, for whatever reason, just feels like it is really just taking care of those that it loves. And I absolutely love it. I can't wait to see what the rest of this year holds in store because there's so many little, little 
tidbits and teases and things going on right now that I'm, I'm not even going to get to really talk about them in length uh, until I've actually gone out and researched a lot of these. There's some that I know about that I haven't even gotten to go do because I just haven't had the time. So I'm looking forward to diving into those in future episodes after the community update that come that's coming out next week. But there's one story that I had to get into this episode and this is the one that I'm going to probably end it on because it was it was worth it. If you don't know, this was something that we recently found out about uh, as as a community. Now, this is this is something that had happened about a year ago. And what I'm referring to is the legend of Glitterbeard. Um, this was something that was explained. It was uh, something that was written. Uh, we got a, a an actual news article from Sea of Thieves. They posted it on their website. I saw a lot of his family members uh, actually kind of reach out to, or in, and I'm sorry, I'm speaking about uh, Jim White, if you don't know. Actually, I'm just going to read the article for you because I think it explains it very well. So uh, this was written thanks to Alex uh, from the, the head of life services department. Uh, he writes, as we approach the launch of the next Sea of Thieves content update, we'd like to tell you about an upcoming addition to the world and our reasoning behind it. While we usually love seeing speculation and different interpretations of the lore of Sea of Thieves, in this case, it's unique and specific, and specific story we wanted to tell and one that we hope players will celebrate with us. 2020 was a difficult and challenging year for many. In March, the Rare team were faced with a challenge of, of our own as, tragically, one of our team passed away. We'd like to tell you a little bit about him. God, yeah. Okay. I, sorry, I'm already feeling it. Uh, James White was an exceptionally bright and friendly apprentice data analyst at Rare. In fact, he was the first apprentice to ever join the studio. He was known as a gentle giant with a warm, hearty laugh, down-to-earth demeanor, and an epic beard that would make even the greatest pirate glow with pride. James, or Jim as we called him, was just starting his career in the games industry, but had already played an instrumental part in developing the game that you love. Whether he was digging into data to help our design team balance new features or ensuring our support team was compensating any pirates who may have missed out on loot, his focus was always on the players. When we lost Jim in March of 2020, as a studio and a family, we were heartbroken. But we were also resolute that we would see Jim remembered not just in our hearts, but in the game he worked so hard to make special, a haven for everyone who discovered it. As a team, we came together and looked at all the ways we could possibly look to represent and memorialize him in Sea Thieves. As we approach the anniversary of his passing, we will be introducing the results of that work, the legend of Glitterbeard, to the game. We hope that it captures Jim's spirit, that of a man whose statue, stature was only ever dwarfed by his kindness and compassion. Now it's up to you to go out and find the legend of Glitterbeard yourselves. We've shaped this one-off storyline in memory of someone we miss, placing him in the world forever as the larger-than-life Glitterbeard, selfless guide to the pirates who follow in his wake. Should you discover the scattered chronicles of his adventures, they 
and the huge heart behind them are something we hope you enjoy sharing with friends, family, crewmates, and other voyagers you may meet on the seas. Best of luck, all pirate you or best of luck to you all pirates. Um this this was actually God, I knew it was gonna happen. Steve Dillon, uh, Grog Swellen Dillon, if you've seen a skeleton pirate in the game, says, quote unquote, whichever flag you fly, no matter what course you chart, I hope that your days out here are filled with as much joy, camaraderie, warmth, music, and love as mine. We miss you, dude. I never got to meet Jim. I know people at Rare that were really, really destroyed by this news a year ago and when i got to do the event this weekend and i had heard from other people you know that there was an event i'd seen a couple screenshots on twitter to kind of allude to it but i didn't really know what the experience was going to be like i was floored and much like now i'm trying to hold it together because when i actually got to experience it and see what they had done for him. It was, it was really breathtaking. It was, it was painful, but it was also so beautiful to see just how much work they had put in to commemorating him. And it's weird to feel, to feel like they had done something that really captured the spirit of Sea of Thieves. Um, so many games you see built uh, out there are just games. You know, they've got a good story. They're fun to play. They're competitive. Um, sea of Thieves has always been different in that aspect. Uh, it, it's always felt like a tribute to itself and to the stories that it generates. It wants people to love the game and I'm coming back. I'm, I'm going to bring it back in, uh, to see all the journals randomly, just kind of as I was sailing, going from Island to Island working this weekend and sit down and just kind of read through the stories that were in them. It was clear that the stories in there were the same stories that I had had, the stories that I had experienced so many times. And they were so beautifully written that it felt exactly how I would want to tell them if I if I had the time to write them out and to share them with others. In fact, a lot of the stories that you've sent me that I've put on the podcast are just like the stories in these journals. So if you want to know where the journals are, they're strewn about the world. They're they look like a book and they've got a, a Viking face with a, a big beard on the, on, on them. And the first one is always going to be in the tavern. So regardless of what tavern you spawn in, you'll see the, the actual uh, book with uh, the Viking helm with the horns and the big beard and smile. And I would encourage you uh, to, to seek them out and to read them. Um, if you want to experience the event, uh, Rare Thief has a great video as well as a guide on where to find the journal locations. And 
you'll earn some cosmetics to commemorate him with it, but you're going to need eight people to experience the event that they have set up for this. And it was just so beautiful. Um, so well-designed it was perfect. And I don't know how everyone kind of sussed out the, the, the thing to do, how to do it in the first place. I'm so glad that they got it done this weekend and I'm really happy, uh, that they managed to do this. Um, I wanted to read the, the rare thief, uh, bit that they, that they wrote up for this too, because I think it speaks well. Um, and I would encourage you to use their guide if you're looking for these and having trouble. They said, uh, in this article, we will be guiding pirates to journal locations for the legend of Glitterbeard. However, before we send you out on your journey, there is some background information we feel is important to share. In March 2020, Rare lost a beloved crewmate. On this one-year anniversary of his passing, Rare is sharing a moving memorial or a moving memorial with the Sea of Thieves community, the legend of Glitterbeard. Given its deeply personal nature, we are committed to only publishing information in accordance with Rare's wishes for what they hope this experience will be. To that end, we have been and will continue creating Glitterbeard resources only in close consultation with the good folks at Rare to ensure that anything we create honors and supports both Rare and the legend of Glitterbeard. One way Rare hopes the community will engage with the legend of Glitterbeard is through sharing the experience in real time and in sharing how they enjoyed the experience and what the experience has meant to them. While we hope the guides that guiding pirates to these journals will help facilitate these experiences, we'd like to do more in this article to uphold the spirit of sharing and experience. With that in mind, we'd like to share how we express these lovingly crafted writings. We should probably begin with at least a bit of background. So this is one of those things where Rare has kind of asked folks to not share videos of the legend of Glitterbeard uh, for now. Uh, and I, I would agree. Um, wholeheartedly this is a thing that you should really experience with friends it's something that is so much better if you get to spend it with people that you've actually sailed with if you can um it's a moment where i i'm good now but god it, it absolutely killed me when i got in there and i saw how I think I feel when I think back to my childhood, when you have that sense of knowing that there was a safe place for someone, especially if you need a safe place, and to see that built as a physical thing in a game that acts as that for a lot of people was just so beautiful. And I know I keep saying beautiful. I'm at a loss for words, uh, which is dumb for a podcaster because I really should have a, a better vocabulary for this. But it meant the world to see me uh, walking into this, this event and, and coming out of it on the other side and just knowing that there was something that a lot of folks had to deal with this last year in 2020 and still going on everyone is losing someone they love um 
and not a lot of us get an opportunity to actually get to go see them or to have like a proper goodbye and to see something in the game that's like this that actually acts as a way of kind of laying to rest the pain that comes with losing someone. I feel like this was something that could be shared with anyone this year or last year who lost someone as a result of COVID or just in general. And I hope that it gets out there on how to do this soon so that if you do have that problem, if you do have friends that you can lean on, that you do so and that you share this experience with them. Because it meant a lot to me to be able to share that with friends. And it was so hard to really kind of just be vulnerable for that moment. It was really hard to be a, not just be a human being, to, to be someone, you know, who, who's in the community, who's trying to be, you know, some sort of, I don't know, spokesperson or figurehead. I don't, I don't even know what I'd consider myself. I just think of myself as a fan, but I know that there's, you know, images of, of what people have of me. Um, I, I don't try to pretend that that isn't a thing, but this was so great to see. And so, so well crafted, so well designed. It was so, so just eloquent that I really just kind of broke down and, and I, I just had to experience the raw emotion that I was dealing with at the moment. And it felt so good to have that and to know that the people that I was with weren't going to judge me and weren't going to be upset. I kept apologizing like an idiot for how I was sobbing on the friggin' uh, microphone, but it was a truly beautifully experienced moment in my life. And it just chalks it up to one of many over the last three years that this game has been out there. And to, to Jim's family, I am so sorry that you had to lose your brother or your son. It was not fair. It wasn't. And I hope that you can know that there are a lot of us out there who really miss Jim for never knowing him, for never getting to talk to him. But reading his journals and reading his experiences and his thoughts and knowing how much he loved this game, I can't help but let you know that I know exactly how he felt and I will hopefully get to do this every year with friends. I look forward to sharing this experience with others, and I look forward to doing it with anyone that hasn't experienced it yet and telling the story of Jim and, and what his life was like uh, building this game. And I hope to hear more stories about what he was like. I love this company. I know it's a company. I know they don't do everything right. I know that there's a lot of hurt feelings out there about stuff that happened last year. I think a lot of people were hurting for a lot of reasons. But I genuinely know that the people that make this video game care. That a lot of them, it's more than just a job. 
it's a family. And I hate that my family's been ripped apart and stolen away from each other because of all that's been going on. Listening to Andy Preston post some videos of Shelly and some of the devs playing the Unity uh, version of Sea of Thieves, I didn't realize at the time, but just hearing their voices, after I hadn't heard their voices in so long, they hadn't been in videos in a long time, and I'd grown so accustomed to hearing them once in a while dive into the design of some of the things that they were bringing to the game, that I genuinely missed their voices. And that's weird. It's weird. I don't know them. I don't know them outside of what I know them from Twitter and what they share, but I care about them. I hope they do well. I hope they're healthy. I hope they're safe. I hope they're happy. I don't want them to be stressed. And to see something like Glitter Beard come out and find out that there's a beard that you can wear that has glitter in it, to find out that there's a sale, a livery sale that you can get that is of Glitter Beard, and everyone gets it. All you got to do is just look into look into the journals. Um, if you want to know, you can actually, you can find the commendations. Uh, they're going to be in the build rat section under the legends of the sea. Uh, there's little hints on where to find them based on, um, the, the little dialogue that they give you. Uh, but again, just head to rare thief and look at them. So I hope, I hope my family gets to get back together soon. I hope they get to spend some time with each other at the barn. I hope we get to see more videos of them. Um, I, I really hope that my community knows how much I love them and how much I hope that they're staying safe and taking care of each other. You guys kind of know that I play around with the whole COVID thing and call it coconut fever, but last year, last year was rough. It's still rough. I still have to deal with it at work all the time. And the solace that I have coming home and spending time with you guys and seeing your stories and seeing your pictures and hearing your theories about what's going on in the game really saves me. It really does. So thank you um, to everyone that is listening to this um, and sharing your thoughts and your feelings with me. Because as much as I may seem like a beacon of light out there for you, you were very much a beacon of light for me. And this glitter beard adventure really kind of, really kind of opened up the, uh, opened up the blinds to that. You know, you've been sitting in a room alone for so long, and I know a lot of you have to, some of you have friends close by that you can spend time with, but a lot of us are stuck home, uh, with very little communication or just kind of general human enjoyment with each other. You know, we we're, we're humans, we need each other and having moments like this, uh, weekend really did it for me. It really really mattered a lot to celebrate the third anniversary this way was way better than anything that came with the first year or second year. And that's tough because the first year anniversary, when we got the tall tales, I got to spend it with insomniac and 
It was so much fun to work through the different puzzles with him. And he's been playing Fallout 76 nowadays. And I miss chatting with him because he's just such a, a good dude. And going into the second year, it was so great to have the emissary system and to play around with this. And this year, we may not have gotten a really crafty new system or something that's that's coming that's going to really kind of blow the socks off of what's been added to the game. But to be perfectly honest, I feel like this was worth it. This really just kind of topped it for me. And I'm totally fine if they don't if they don't have anything flashy for the third year anniversary. This was this was what I think was necessary. I think it did exactly what should have been done. And I think that the team really nailed it. So thank you, Rare. Um I didn't I didn't know I needed this till you gave it to us. And and it really means a lot to get to celebrate Jim's uh, passing this way with everyone because it really shows that we need to spend time with each other and we need to really cherish each other's friendships. And if you have someone out there that you've had a rough time with, maybe it's time to bury that hatchet. I don't know. Maybe it's time to make it all just water under the bridge and let it flow away and see if they're still the person that you remember hanging out with and spending time with. I know that's not going to be the case for everyone, but I do I do hope that people just take care of each other, uh, be nice to each other, be safe with each other, and let's try to enjoy this game with each other as we look forward to the future. All right, pirates, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, thank you all for letting me kind of gush about how I feel right now. Um, it's one of those things going into this episode. I didn't expect to be talking so much about the, the legend of Glitterbeard. I really didn't. I was anticipating just talking about what I bought, the amount of gold I made, the, the voyages we had, things like that, and talking about the comic, and that was it. Um, but we got something really special, and I just want to remind everyone about some of the things that are going on. So just make sure you're logging into the game. Make sure that you redeem your uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate bundle and make sure that you're reading the comic. Make sure that you are getting your Twitch drops. Uh, make sure that you're cashing in when you can. Don't lose that gold. Don't get sunk. Uh, just take it, take it with a, a grain of salt if you do and report the people that are just trying to bring you down if they're being toxic. It's not worth your pain making them uh satisfied with whatever they have in life just report them uh shrug it off and and hop servers get some friends and have a good laugh um if you guys want to check out any of the stuff that i talked about i'm going to try and grab as many links as i can to the stuff i talked about so you have access to that in the show notes if you want to join the Keelhauled community links are in the show notes for how to join up on the Discord. You can always reach me at uh, C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N on Twitter. You can always reach me by email at C-A-P-T L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. That's just Cap Logan. And that's going to do it. Pirates, thank you. I love you. And I look forward to sailing with you on the Sea of Thieves.
listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey. Hi. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? and Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together.